1: So with the rats, when they found out that this particular tone, you know, made aggression with these guys, you know, caused this aggression, I'm assuming that at that moment, whatever those waves are, you just simply flip them upside down and it cancels it out. Is that kind of what they did to make it so it's the opposite direction of aggression? Um,
2: I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that part. You know, flipping the polarity on it, like would it invert the intent or the message I'm not too sure. Um, from my understanding the way you know, sound works, is that you have like your fundamental waves, and then you have a certain hierarchy, you know, from that fundamental wave. And within all the combinations of all these tones, there's actually a culmination of, you know, clashing and boosting that's coming together. So like to really isolate it to one particular tone. I'm not sure if they have done that yet, but if that's the case, then you know, they can reduce that. And they just cut it by half and half and half. So then from there, I think if they like actually add like a third or something like that, uh, like something to the op- like, that actually opposes it on a mathematical node, so that may be the only way they could flip it. But I think it's like a certain range that is generated, you know, that the tone. uh, Because what happens with our brain when we hear certain tones is that certain chemicals are being created. And they're affecting our mind in whatever kind of specific state of judgment that we're in. And the way our neurons and everything react to these chemicals is what's going to determine the outcome of the thought process. So, like you know finding out first I guess they had to pinpoint what the aggressive tone was wow. so I guess I mean I guess it would make sense to you know flip it take it out of the equation and stabilize it everybody else, you know
1: it's interesting so. because this this goes right along with the idea of uh, you ever heard of the Rife machine R-I-F-E back yeah. in the 1930s there's a guy uh I forgot what his first name was, but he was Dr. Rife, and um, he was doing all these experiments on different tones, and he found that d- different tones did different things. So he was able to assimilate even things like cancer. Okay, so cancer, okay. he yeah. found a specific tone, and then he would play on his Rife machine that the the exact opposite of the ta- that tone, because just like a breaking glass, this glass has its own tone. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> That's why yeah. opera singers are able to break the glass because the opera singer sings at the same tone that the glass is made of. Mm. So it smashes it, it it, it cancels it out. It's like one plus negative one.
2: It's called a resonant frequency.
1: So they do, they do that for the cancer They do that yeah. for headaches They do this for all this kinds of stuff
2: I've heard about this uh, He even had it as far down to like Specific elements Big like time. leukemia yes. Psoriasis uh, yes. A couple of other Lyme things Lyme disease um,
1: Anxiety All kinds of crazy like stuff
2: Like I think was another one Yeah okay I remember this now Yeah it was like a little um, He taught sound. you about him it was a little sound cannon like basically you would shoot it
1: this guy was so innovative but the thing is is that they ended up shutting him down because yeah. it, it was they're like well this isn't you know medicine this isn't what we have to yeah. sell people you're, you're yeah. doing this and it we don't like that, that. Uh,
2: there was no <coughs> evidence of this machine ever working although he had numerous detailed reports of actually curing his patients you know, and a similar thing even with uh, Edgar Casey, who was known as the sleeping uh, what was it, the sleeping psychic uh, people would come in to him as he was sleeping or inducing the trance um, discussing their ailments and he will write down on a piece of paper exactly what they need to do to cure themselves when he came conscious he didn't remember anything that
1: happened Ed- Edgar Casey. Yeah. Edgar Casey. Yeah. And, uh, he would be channeling it
2: while he was sleeping. Yeah. Yeah. And on top of that, he was illiterate. He couldn't even write or spell his own name. So it's like, how was he able to write and spell out everything that he did, giving the people the cure for something? You know, and then they go, and they do it, and they come back and they say that they're cured. And yet, all of his so-called medical studies and finds cannot be considered as such. According to our conventional practices of what we call wisdom, you know, being able to have this theory tested and prove it in order for some kind of capital market, you know, it's just wrong. You know, the pharmaceutical companies and everybody, you know, just basically stealing money out of our pockets for what? Selling us a pill that doesn't really do what it's intended to do. You know, selling us on a dream and everything. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a
1: bit of a tangent. <laughs> well, it's, it's incredible when you look deep into this stuff and you see that some, some people are still using that, that, that uh, sound therapy to this date. They're still using it to get rid of this stuff. There was this interesting, on YouTube, there was this interesting microscopic, there was a doctor who was using the rifle machine on a patient and he showed he showed through the microscope this paramecium, this, this cancerous paramecium, you see it moving around and he played it at its exact frequency. And you could see that it, it was like breaking down. You could see it was like breaking down, like it was losing life. And all of the other little microbes and everything else were fine, were fine. But it was breaking down until it got to the point where it just went, and it just kind of died and it didn't move anymore. And you could see the food that it ate in its belly swimming around trying to get out it was crazy it was nuts when it, when I saw it because I thought wow this is quite interesting something my buddy talks to me about my buddy uh, my buddy Michael Schley. he uh, talks about how in the olden days um, DuPont and all these guys DuPont oh sure DuPont and all these guys decided that they were going to kind of come out the rules as to how the medical stuff was and they were no longer allowed to cure they could only treat they could only treat ah, things and now this makes a lot of to sense play doesn't on it
2: words yeah cuz yeah. there's no profit in a cure right yeah, yeah. If they cured everybody from cancer, there would be no more cancer business. Or maybe there would be. Like you know? let's
1: just treat it. Let's just keep putting a little band-aid on it. It'll still yeah. keep turning into this terrible thing, but let's just put a little
2: band-aid on it. Yeah, yeah. That's the same I mean, that's the same thing that happened with my uh, one of my grandmothers and she had she had ulcers. She ended up dying from ulcers. Um, she ended up developing like three or six ulcers. But during the course of that time, all of her doctors was telling her, Oh, you just need some robot test and they prescribed a robot test. And they got to the point to where she was internally bleeding and had to have surgery. And yeah, it was just all bad. Uh, they suggested she had an epidural. She didn't want an epidural. They forced the epidural on her anyway, it ended up paralyzing her from her shoulder down. And I mean this is so called safe practices, you know, this is what they said was procedure and protocol, it was supposed to do, and it's not and it wasn't, you know, that was malpractice, and uh, yeah, she ended up losing her life after that, you know but this kind of stuff is going on all around the world, you know we see so many people that are in such conditions we don't know what they were told we don't know what happened to them but, you know, kind of confesses You know, everybody judges everybody based off appearances, so, you know, a lot of people don't, you know, have the initiative to try to ask, you know, what's wrong, if they can help or anything like that. It's kind of
1: messed up. Well, and the extra messed up thing is the the idea that because we've been brought up believing that these are the professionals, you know, they know what they're doing, let's leave it to them. Let them take care of us. And so we put our lives in their in their hands and you know, even if we end up discovering information that is contrary to that. Let's say we make we find some herb or we find some 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 root, some berry.
2: Some that Edgar can, casey kind of guy. Yeah. And they're gonna tell us, no, 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 don't trust him. Right. You know, listen to us, we know what we're talking about. So, you know, the truth of the matter is I don't You know, they really don't know everything that they're talking about. They still don't know what it is exactly that causes cancer. You know, they just know that certain things can trigger it, you know. But there's other people that have different kind of perspectives and will say that, you know, we're all born with cancer cells within us. They just have to be activated. And they can be deactivated. And certain people have been either put out of the country or taken off the face of the earth for publicizing these kind of details, you know, because of the kind of market that is affected, you know, it's a profiting kind of world, so as soon as you knock somebody's hustle down, you know, they're going to come after you, You you're playing with their money, just like, technically the only reason why murder is considered illegal is because that's one less potential client for a bank, one less social security number to have a uh, fucking tax id attached to it you know? hey what's so crazy as
1: that person dies the the government still gets the taxes they still get you know they so so this relative gives you you know get puts you in their will or whatever and they give this money to you or what have you and then the government comes and goes oh we need to have our we need to have our portion well wait Throughout the whole life that this person was living, every single time that they got a paycheck, every time they paid for something, uh, you're always taking taxes, and you're still taking taxes? What, is it a death tax? Like, what the hell? Is like, death insurance a thing now? Right. <laughs> right on, brother. It's so crazy.
2: Yeah.
1: It's crazy. Even while spending taxes in real life, you still on your way out you're still, still responsible paying, for paying some taxes it's it's so crazy uh, but what's interesting is the more that you get outside of that matrix that's the tricky thing you, you could find out about these interesting alternative methods because whenever I think about the Native Americans and they grew up on the fat the, the quote fat of the land unquote where they had everything they needed pull it off a tree oh get it off a, get it off a bush grow it out of the ground and there it is I'm nauseous I don't feel so good You know a Chief walks in the wind Oh Here Chew on this leaf Chew on this leaf Little Little uh, s- Stand by the river You know <laughs> You know Chew on this leaf That'll that'll take care of your nausea right. Like holy cow They had everything they needed back then yeah. And then as time went on Things just got crazy And complicated Huh
2: yeah. right. But I mean Look what that You know Puts us to Look what that push human beings to do Like you just mentioned about that, uh, that Rife machine, you know, I'm pretty sure that dude would have never have went into that kind of field of study if it wasn't for the way he was saying, you know, the medical profession as it was at that time. Which was, I don't know, Let's. I'd like to say that doctors, you know, back in the day were a little bit better than ones today considering the whole pharmaceutical takeover mm. but then again you know they did have like liquid cocaine for eye drops so <laughs> I don't know how much yeah, yeah. you know prescribing fucking uh, heroin yeah. to kids who had cough right here like, kid you got a cough take this heroin take some heroin boy smack you right up <laughs> smack you out of it now we calling it smack like ah oh, man
1: I, it, it's interesting because the the more that you find yourself finding these alternate methods and these things that work out really well, and you know whether it be the Rife machine, uh, whether it be ozonated water, all, all these all these things to help you out. What's tr- what's tricky is, well, I should say it's tricky because for for every interest that's out there, there's going to be who knows how many people who have a similar interest as, as obscure as it'll be as as, as weird as the, as the music is or as strange as a movie is or what, there's always going to be that, that cult that follows around and goes yes this is the best yeah. so yeah. it's interesting because you know you can find those people who will be open to those ideas my buddy Mike Mike Schlee who told me about the ozonated water you know about the ozonated water right? Or
2: what do you or what do you know about ozonated water? I don't know Anything about ozonated water? I know about distilled water. Well, I've heard some stories about
1: distilled water. What you th- What do you thought? What have you heard about distilled water? Because I heard it's pretty pretty damn good for you. It kills all the all the parasites and bad stuff in you. Yeah. But it's not good to drink a lot of. You know, it's like good to drink through a gallon and then wait maybe a month and. then
2: Yeah. Uh, basically, I mean, the way I heard about it was that it had to do with like um, electrical balances. You know charge in your body is at a certain, I think it's negative. Uh, Everything that's natural has like a negative charge and anything that isn't natural or that isn't supposed to be in your body has a positive charge. And what the water does is just acts as a magnet to pull all of those positive charges. So you just flush it out, you know, just expel it out of it. Now, I don't know if that's to say that if you drink too much, you'll get rid of so much positive charges to where you actually become sick. That makes sense, you know. Right. Because to a certain extent, we need certain, you know, certain things like our hands. You know, our whole entire body is covered with germs. Yet, some uh, like genealogists or whatever will say that it's actually worse for you to put hand sanitizer on than clean off all those germs on your body because now you just kill the good germs that was on your body the natural good germs oh that gosh. combat the bad germs you know i don't know how true that is but you know considering that it's like all right so is it that we need a little bit of bad so we stay good you know the contrast between light and dark right? it's crazy
1: because it know. you know it's so interesting because alan watts talks a lot about this is uh He says there's this thing, you know, that we go through, there's this myth. It's like black versus white. Black versus white. You know, oh, I hope black wins. Okay. Oh, I hope white wins. Okay. Black versus white. It's like the game is not fun if there isn't the threat of losing. (laughs) So it's this thing where no matter what side you choose... Someone's you, no matter lose, what is gonna, gonna lose win. cause it wouldn't be fun if you won every single time would it you and know both
2: people won you know yeah. wouldn't it wouldn't be fun if both people won everything right uh, would it be then, the same if both people lost yeah.
1: there's that there's that that thing that keeps you on the edge of like yeah. okay cause then, then what happens is by losing once in a while Then, a lot of times, that could enforce a whole other skill set that you didn't realize that you had, or a whole other idea for something you didn't have before.
2: It's that whole, uh, like, I don't know, I want to say, like, punishment and reward kind of mindset. You know, when you win, you feel like you're going to be rewarded. So what do you get? You get the trophy, you get the banner, you get the car, you you know all of those. I'm going to Disneyland. What about the Lucy team? The Lucy Lucy team ain't going nowhere. Right, right. (laughs) Or maybe they are going to Disneyland. Who knows? But like you know, that kind of um, competition, you know, it's been ingrained in us. (laughs) And I think you know, in a culmination of factors. You know, we have sports, right? You got politics. I mean, I think those are like probably the biggest two competition type things right? that divides people. Well, yeah. also religion. You know, religion, politics, sports. You know, those three things right there, you get into a little topic of a discussion on any one of those people get all touchy about it. They want to fight you after it.
1: Yeah, and then and well and then you enter that idea of men versus women. That's another that's another one that'll be a dicey thing, huh?
2: Right, right. Still with the competition instead of you know It's like me, you know, in your face. Well how
1: about how do we how do we how do we
2: bring it together to yeah, make this okay, how do we so look, you're, you're, you're better at lifting weights. I'm better at figuring out directions. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, Great. we get in a car, we're driving. Hey, G, you're going to have to push more than me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, when it comes down to putting on this tire, all right, I got to do it. <laughs> you know, maybe I can figure that out a little bit better. You got the strength, you know. You got to learn how to use each other's strengths, you know, to help each other instead of, you know, each other well, and that's the tricky thing, I
1: think, because, you know, um, okay, so you always hear, you know, that phrase, whatever, the squeaky wheel gets the oil. Um, another analogy would be, whoever is yelling the loudest gets heard. So, the thing that's being yelled the loudest is on the TV and in the media and in the news and whoever is stuck within the matrix of hearing that. So when you're dealing with the minds that are stuck within that room full of mirrors where every direction they look is another either negative thing, another sad thing, another divisive thing, Because these guys up here who are giving the programming, they're going, here's what you're going to be divisive on today. Yeah. Okay, you're going to, okay, today it's men versus women. Okay, today it's whatever, uh, uh, fake lawns versus real lawns. Okay, tomorrow it's uh, um, roller skates versus roller blades. Today, you know, whatever whatever the thing is, you know, um, uh, climate change versus global warming, whatever whatever it is, you know, we're just going to make you guys fight each other. Because the more you guys are fighting each other is the less you're questioning what we are doing. Yes. <laughs> the, the more... Met, methods right. of
2: distraction, you yeah. know, it's gotten better over the years considering that, you know, you know, just sitting here in this bar, look at, look at what we have on the TV. Two teams, right? Between what they call, I don't know, two different of <laughs> entertainment, right? Yeah, you got yeah. sports and then we got random video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's like nothing about this is is supposed to be taken seriously because look at the setting we're in we're in a bar you know nothing serious is supposed to be going on in a bar but yet looking around around us just like with that little protest that we had earlier uh, something with it was a religious kind of protest that Jesus loves or something like that Um, but never mind that you know stay over here and it's
1: my set and what's so crazy is like Things like sports contain all the elements. It's like it gets so close, right up to a point. It it contains all of the elements of what can really make humans really phenomenal. It contains all these elements. The togetherness, okay? A huge crowd coming together in harmony for, you know, cheering on this thing. Um, um, um good vibes excitement you know now what are the things where, where it kind of goes wrong well it's still a divisive issue because it's us versus them oh I'm going to get very angry if my team doesn't win I'm going to beat up someone who's a fan of the other team if my team loses uh, I'm going to go home and I'm going to cry if my team loses uh, 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 whatever, whatever those things are, They're all these little divisive kinds of things, you know. And then obviously, while they're up in there in the in the stands, they're getting advertised to by a whole bunch of advertisements that may or may not care about your well-being. They just want you to buy what they got, you know. And then you go in there, you get your fourteen dollar Dodger dog or whatever, you get your thirty-two dollar beer, you know. <laughs> and then, so there are all those little extra elements, but the idea of everyone coming together that's that's really the um, like the first time that it popped into my brain where I really I really saw all of these elements of the universe really really poking through was when I really started thinking about basketball I was looking at basketball and I go wow this is interesting you got all these elements that that perfectly that perfectly reflect the all the best elements of source as we know it all the best elements of all that is and all the elements of, of of the universe as we know it. Unification, we got unification. So you got all these people coming together, going, yeah, filled with excitement, filled with joy. Um, You got the idea that it's a game. All these elements that life is, you know, all these analogies, life is a game. Life is about harmony. Life is about um, going, going for that rare opportunity of trying to hit it into a basket. You're trying to hit it into a basket from a far away point what happens when you get in there everybody erupts everybody's so excited so then i started thinking oh my god this in a sense what if this was an analogy for the unseen universe the invisible universe certain aspects certain aspects the aspects of you know the hallelujah hallelujah you know the the angels being together on your side the guides all of your unseen guides together for you you going for it following your heart you're following your heart is going for the basket shooting for that basket now, all the ways in which it doesn't get it right, where it gets it kind of polluted, is the advertisements, is the us versus them, is the, you know, all of those little hurdles that kind of get in the way of the tr- of that true, true message. Now, what if you were to erase all those things and just leave what were the best elements of it, which is the harmony, people coming together, the taking a risk, doing something that seems completely unorthodox and shooting it not from the three-point line but from way back on your side of the court where your basket, b- basket is They're shooting it <coughs> way to the other side and pulling a Michael Jordan while you're jumping from that th- three-point line or even the four-point line and jumping from there <laughs> and making it into the basket so you take those particular elements and you go, oh my god, what's that now also an equally an element for uh, an analogy for That also is the the analogy for the sperm making it to the egg. The sperm making it to the egg. Everybody involved with that baby-making process wants that sperm to make it to the egg. Everybody, including obviously the mother and the father, but then you get you get microscopically everybody's rooting rooting for it, rooting for it. But what's there? The obstacles. What are the obstacles? Are you going to choose the right fallopian tube or the wrong fallopian tube? you got two decisions there. Now, in addition to that, you got all the other stuff that's going for that. Your little sperm cell and its little pod and its little rocket that's moving it through. What's in there? You got these things that are going, these freaking tentacles that are trying to knock you out of the sky. If you hit the wall of the Flopian tube, good luck. You're not, you're not, you're gonna get stuck to that thing. You're not coming off of that thing. You got, dude, you're not gonna make it. No baby is being born if you stick to that wall or some, you know, thing goes, knocks you out of the sky. So then, you're hoping to God, you make it, you make it, you hope to God that you're the one that makes it to that egg. But then guess what? You gotta break through that egg on top of it. <laughs> so you got all these other little guys who are going,
0: let me in, let me in, let me in.
1: And they're all breaking in, trying to break it in. Well, guess what? That that egg that egg, that's not the end of it. That egg is far bigger than any sperm. Who knows what's inside the egg now that you got to get through? Is there a maze? Like a freaking labyrinth? Now that this little sperm has to go through, is it just easy? Do they break through and bam, now they got the prize? I somehow feel that that's not the case. I have a feeling that it's like the video game, just like Legend of Zelda. Yeah, okay, you got to the castle that Zelda is at, but now you got to go through the castle.
2: Got to get up the tower. You gotta so first, get you gotta find a tower that's right
1: <laughs> what's in the tower yeah. you got things that are shooting out these little poison you know right. little poison darts now or you got some monster that go raw, 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 shooting fire at you or you got some kind of you know booby trap where if you fall under there okay now you're going into a whole nother level that you got to get out of uh-huh. there's no telling what the sperm has to go through so as I thought about the basketball game and how close it mirrored just that just that baby-making process and like, we all are rooting for you. Come on, here you go. So you got the adversity. Okay, are you going to choose the right fallopian tube? Okay, once you're in the right fallopian tube, are you going to make it through that thing alive? I saw this really awesome computer simulation that someone had made up online and it goes... And it said this is what that sperm has to go through. And once I saw that, I appreciated I appreciated the whole process so much more. And then guess what? I gave myself a big hallelujah and going, Holy shnikes, I somehow made it to that egg. And out of all that, we made it through, man. That in a sense is winning a lottery. All the rest of this stuff is just sugar on top, you know? All the
2: rest of it is just sugar on top. Holy shit.
1: This Go is a big, playful hand. experiment.
2: Yeah. 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 One big pizza dish.
1: <laughs> so that's the cool thing. So now, bam, here we are. Here we are. We made it to the egg. Bam. Okay, cool. On top of that, now we got who knows how many unseen guides and uh, uh, angels or extraterrestrials unseen that are helping us move along. Those synchronicities that we we that we that come across, those that deja vu, those serendipities, those little magic moments, um, that's a high five from the universe and all of its associates and all of its friends that are going, bam, you noticed me. Thank you for noticing me. And as a thank you for that, I'm going to give you a whole lot more. You notice that with synchronicities, that more of them come to your way?
2: Yeah. If you yeah, appreciate it. No, yeah, especially uh, lately... I mean, there's been, like, a really, really strong mix of good and bad luck, you know, that I've been going through lately. Uh, like, my car getting stuck in that ATM <laughs> just the other day. Uh, well, guess what?
1: What did that lead to, this phenomenal conversation we get to have?
2: Right, which is a beautiful, beautiful Look
1: what thing. happened with the universe, dude. Exactly.
2: So, it was like this was meant to happen. You never know. And we
1: never know how it's going to shape-shift.
2: Yeah, we really know. We really don't, man. Dude! And it's like, you know, they always say uh, everything happens for a reason, right? And a lot of people would accept that. I always had a problem with that expression. <laughs> and it wasn't until I even heard it in a song, and this was my philosophy of thinking of it, was that happen. Everything happens. All right. What is it? Everything happens for a reason? There's a reason why everything happens. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You twist yeah. it right around. You went, yup, yeah. yup. You, you, you turn everything it on. Everything happens for a reason. Yes. But could it be that there's a reason why everything happens? There's a reason why certain things happen. You know, maybe the reason for me having my debit card stuck yesterday was to have this podcast here with you today because then I go, I go
1: back and I get to think about all this great information that we talked about right. and it's, it's saved and then we get to share this with a whole populace of people who might be going through some incredibly very similar circumstances and, 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 and those who aren't and now this opens up a light bulb in their brains to go, okay, I'm going to watch less television you know, listen folks, you can still watch and, and I'm not going to tell you what to do or what not to do, but I can tell you I've survived 18 years now Without watching official television. Any official television. Yes, I'll tell you, these are the workarounds. YouTube, Netflix, and and finding clever apps through Cody to be able to hack in as certain things. But this all has to rely on following your heart. It relies it's a it's a big experiment in following your heart. Not following what's being given to you by the authorities that think this is the information that you need to see, but really following your heart and following your intuition and tuning into the things that really make sense to you, really make it sense to you. And and, and keeping good company with those who also understand the same kind of thing. Reciprocation, people. Pre- precipitation, because you are what you eat. And that could be the conversations you're having. That could be the the magazines you're reading. That could be the music you're listening to. That is what you're eating. As you talk about it, as you think about it, it gets precipitated in your
2: conversations.
1: Now that keeps spreading on. It's a domino effect.
2: Yeah, just like um, what I implement into my music, you know, and how other people are able to receive that message. You know, a lot of the things that we experiment or experience go into the things that we do. In the first place. You know, whether or not you understand it or you know it, that it's happening, it is happening. Um, Like, even uh, with me being a cook, and even being a cook at Universal, you know, I noticed a difference within myself of how I feel about work. You know, working in the theme park versus working in hotels, banquet halls and you know, five star restaurants and things like that. So even like soccer games and convention centers and whatnot, you know, all of these things, there's a big difference, you know. And the way I was over at Universal, you know, I started taking certain things more personal, you know, because not even of the customers, it was with my own coworkers. Ah. You know, my own coworkers would dip out of the restaurant, you know, take longer breaks than they needed and everything.
0: Kind of slacking
2: off a little? Yeah, and they knew that I would pick up and I would, you know, keep everything running. But then, you know, when I caught on that I was doing it to an extent to where I was pretty much the only one working in the kitchen. And it was a day that we sold over 183,000 people. And then I looked back at the whole day, like, you know, for about four hours, I was by myself. And I thought back on it, and I'm like, wait a minute, that should have never went down like that. I shouldn't have continued working, you know, going through that whole thing. And I thought to myself, well, why the hell did I do it in the first place, you know? A regular person would have been like, you know, what the fuck, I'm done, like... I'm on burgers, you want pizzas? There's were you else.
1: aware at that time of how many people were out there or how, many, how, how much you had to create? Were you aware yes. at that time or no? I
2: actually was. Do I was people, in the front. Ma- people
1: make you aware of this?
2: I was in the front at first and I see the line. And it's but face style, so you gotta have the windows filled up. People just grab this shit and they go, and they go pay for it. So we had to have the windows full. And I'm like, oh fuck, windows is going down. I need to put out more burgers. Yeah, not any fries, not any tenders, not any onions. Oh damn! Turkey legs, chicken, it's out. Gravy, mashed potatoes, corn, biscuits, pizzas, cheese and pepperoni pizzas. Like, oh my God, all these things is out. Where the heck we don't was have, everybody? Where were I'm they? Going around looking for people and I can't find them. Can't even find my managers or supervisor or anything. And I'm like, what the hell? So then. You know, everybody's looking at me like, yo, where's the food, where's the food? And I'm like, yo, I feel for these people. I wanna get them their food (laughs) as quick as I can, you know, as much as I can. Next thing I know, down here four hours go by, somebody comes down, hey, Namin, you okay? Hell no. I need a break. Where the fuck is everybody else at? These people need to eat. It wasn't me taking it out on a guest cuz they got top-notch shit. You know, their fries wasn't all soggy. It came out perfect every single fucking time cuz I made sure I did that
1: shit right. And so you really you really treated each one as like its own art project.
2: You you made it its own masterpiece, huh? I was told from the chef that trained me, uh, Chef Daryl Hall, he said whatever you do everything you make Make it like you will make it for yourself. I took that to heart. That's the way
1: to do it. The golden rule, man. The classic golden rule. Dude,
2: that makes total
1: perfect sense. I'm like,
2: I love the fact that you said that because I'm going to do that. I was going to do that anyway, but you said it that way and I was like, this is perfect. This is What way a beautiful thing
1: to implement in
2: the team. It, sh- it should be done this way. Like, yeah, I'm not going to serve you this. Why? Because I wouldn't eat it. Right. So, right. now you know, whatever the hell I'm serving you, I will eat that shit my damn Yes, self. that's
1: <laughs> right. That's right. That's right.
2: Hey, man. That's right. You say this burger is overdone. Trust me, it's not. I will eat it myself. Really. I've even had a couple of occasions where I had to say that you think this is this way trust me it's not i'll eat it myself they eat it oh my god i don't think i want to order my stuff ever you know unlike this again like you know nice toasty pizza versus a pizza that kind of flops around when you shake it nice toasty pizza that holds its body bam you bite into it just got kind of a nice little crunch <laughs> nice but on the to- I- nice toasty
1: piece I, I on the like
2: outside it. you know, I know it'll, it'll have some blackness on it you know the cheese will have some char on it, the yeah. pepperoni would have kind of buckled up on a crisp. It up, and, and it's got up. like a nice little black cheese. ring around it, you know. <laughs> but then again, at the same time, you bite into that and you chew that pepperoni, oh you're like, God. damn, this is the best pe- best tasting pepperoni pizza I've yeah. ever had. Yeah. It's like, yeah, dude, something so simple yeah. as this it tastes better than anything else you ever got. Mm. Not only that, it tastes better than any one of these pieces you bought from here, from this particular venue, everybody here has the same ingredient. We have the same fucking dough. We got the same marinara. got the same cheese, same pepperoni. But I guarantee you, after mine comes out, you're going to eat mine, like mine, better than everybody else. Well, you know, and this goes right along. What's interesting is this a beautiful
1: analogy that fits right in line, this beautiful analogy that fits right in line with what you were saying earlier about your music. You're instilling that magic in all this food that you're creating for these people. You you have this original intention like you were saying earlier about the big steps. Right. Uh, big giant stepping through. You had that intention you infused it into your, mu- your music. You're infusing, infusing a specific intention into the music that uh, into the Well, which is music. You're making an orchestra of of tastes in their mouths. Right, right. You're conducting a taste, a whole series of tastes in these people's mouths that are based in this intention. Oh, my God, that's beautiful. That's the unseen ingredient, the intention. You're adding the intention of going, yep, I would eat this. This is what I would eat, and I would be very happy to provide this. To anybody, I'd be very proud. If someone came up to me and says, "I don't like this burger," you you could you know that you would have, your your what you could say to them is, "Look, this burger is something I personally would eat. Right. If it's not your kind of burger, I'm sorry, but I want to let you know that I that it, this is something I, I created with equality in mind. Right. You know, this is something I created with that idea that I'm not just going to make a half assed creation.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been, like, it was a notorious thing to happen over there at that spot. Um, in the universe of the theme park in general, but even, you know, from the transitions of cooking on flat tops and using a, a machine, like at Carl's Jr., and people will still get their burgers, uh, to send back their burgers. Now, this is a machine that's cooking it now, and according to the conventional... Processing Everything should come out orderly, even exactly every single time, right? Yeah. But there were certain things that other cooks didn't really understand and know about food itself. You know, the machine is one thing. Yeah, it's going to do its job. But the food itself, you know, and it came down to something as simple as this. Two things. The difference between an unthawed hamburger patty and a frozen one. Yeah. And it comes down to this thing, which is how many indentations you put onto the patty itself. Right? So, a lot of what people. What do you mean? What is that? A lot of people would just poke, they'll poke a straight hole right through the middle of the patty. Now, that's messed up because what the does patty that mean? is going to lose all of its juice. What? Right, so, the indentations, you go in like uh, a third of an inch. Right? And oh, you just, you're poking little it, holes it, in it Not a hole, not it, a hole oh, no, Don't go all do the way through well, Just, like what? Indent, it. just a, indent it Like a fingerprint Yeah. So like leaving three fingerprints Will get you like a medium rare Right Leaving like one or two Will get you more closer to rare And then the more and more The more
1: holes you pull. The more
2: indents you put into it the more evenly distributed the heat gets around that whole part so that, then, Ooh, it, so it, so it breathes more It, it more. makes a fuller cook It's not necessarily that it breathes more Because it seems like you would have more avenues it, to be able keeps, to travel through It keeps the other side from bubbling Because you don't want that bubble to happen And then when it comes down to the integrity of the patty It doesn't shrink as much You know you ever notice like, when you put burgers on the grill they come yes. so big yes. they come from so big to so small All right, it's because you're cooking it way too long one and then the proper indentations two um, so even with this machine people didn't really understand that like, it took me some time to understand it and learn it, somebody else had told me some tips I learned from it perfected it and I never once got a single burger that came back to me and Every single one of them came out medium rare. Okay. With how, many, with how many indentures? Uh, I did seven. Three on the top, three on the bottom,
1: one in the middle. That's awesome. <laughs> so you're making it an art project while you're making it yeah. an art project. Yeah. There are a lot of was, details and layers and textures here. I love yeah, this.
2: Specific, and then I'll do that to every <laughs> single
1: patty. And, and people taste that through there,
2: man. People oh, yeah. taste that. People taste that. They know art. <laughs> Really, they don't know it, but they eat it and they love it, right? So I never got a burger sent back to me. And then everybody else in my venue had burgers burger sent back to me. You know, I would play somebody that was working on burgers. Next thing you know, hey, Naaman, this one came back bad. They didn't like it. They didn't like the way you did it. Hold on, buddy. I just got here. First, know who you talking to when you say that. Second. Know who you're talking to I I wasn't the one that did that, okay? I don't do those kind of things. Right, right. right. And they're like, you know what, you're right. And it took, like, a couple of the other leads from the front of the house. It's been there for some years. They're like, you know what? That is one thing that I noticed and I have really realized about you when you're up here. When you're up here and you're cooking the burgers yourself none of them come back. I never once remember anyone complaining about your food but everybody else they'll complain about and I'm like, why is that and they're like I don't know I don't know what you're doing over there but whatever you do it keep doing it Then it got to the point where some of my managers will see me make my own burger. I did a little bit extra. And they're like, "Man, what are you doing?" And I'm like, "Oh, it's just making me a uh, burger." And they're like, "Really, you're going through all of that just to make a burger?" "Fuck like, yeah!" <laughs> and I'm about to cook it upstairs. So I had to go upstairs with my raw beef, you know, my raw meat and everything, going upstairs so I could cook it on the flat top because I had better control on the flat top, even though the machine was to give us convenience of time management. It really did it. Not for me, at least. I could have did it the same way within the same amount of time.
1: Are any of these people asking you what what you're doing so ideally they can improve the quality all
2: over? Some of them kind of did, but they still didn't really get it, which was kind of sad. Uh, <laughs> like My own managers that weren't cooks versus one of the managers that I had that was a cook you know the one that was a cook he ended up taking one of the most i mean common dish that i made over there and they used to actually serve it was like a western bacon burger mm. but i put my bacon inside of my burger oh. <laughs>
1: You chop the patty in half, and you make the patty itself a, a, a sandwich, or what? What do you do?
2: Like, you just pull apart the meat, you make yeah. two balls, you flatten them out into it. You hide it in there. And you smash it in there, you throw some mozzarella cheese in there, cover that up, seal it up, now that it became a Juicy Lucy. Then I take some onion rings, and I take some barbecue sauce, spread it all over, throw some extra slices of bacon on top, and now I'm walking out with this fat monstrosity, and my... They're looking at me like, what did you do? Did you use two burger patties? No, I did not. This is one burger patty.
1: Okay. This is what we call the Juicy Lucy, sir. Yeah. (laughs)
2: And they'll look at it it like... (laughs) I love it. That's actually an original name for a burger that they make out in Memphis.
1: Oh, my God.
2: They sell that. That's their thing. So you learned
1: from that. Wait, is that where you're from?
2: No, no, no. I just learned that from another cook that worked over there at Universal. You know, he came up to me one day. He was like, you know what? I like the way you work. You're new here and everything, but I'm going to show you something. I was like, great. I loved it. He's like, you ever had a Juicy Lucy? I was like, no, what the hell is that, I mean, he takes the burger part. he does that for it. I was like, oh my god, I got it from here, man. That's what ended the very So the bacon
1: thing. itself cr- uh, actually cooks within the, the hamburger? The bacon itself cooks cooked. with it. Oh, you already cooked the. Yeah, Pre cooked bacon. Pre cooked bacon and, it, and then. <laughs> I tried it with the raw bacon, it doesn't come out this Oh boy, oh boy. It takes a lot of experimentation in these matters, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it really. So does. do you cook the bacon first and then you cook the hamburger? Or do you already yeah. have the hamburger cooked to a certain point? No. Nah. Cook the bacon first, then you cook the hamburger. And so it's double cooked. This this bacon is kind of double cooked slightly.
2: Almost, yeah, yeah. Um, you don't have to cook it all the way unless you know you're going for a certain texture. You know, if you want like a nice little crunch. Oh yeah, the crispy. Oh yeah, get a really nice so crunch. Get it out. crispy. Go ahead and do that. It's perfectly fine when you put it inside of the burger. The fat, the leftover fat that's going to come off of the bacon, is going to go through the burger. Right And the burger's are already going to put out an extra amount of fat, depending on your fat ratio, so you're going to get a nice little crust on both sides, and that's all of what it's about.: You're a, nice a
1: scientist, crust. man, you're a scientist of taste.
2: Yes. I'm a scientist in the art. Heck? So and that's the so same.: You're really experimenting with this like pure chemistry here. Yeah, and I mean, I treat everything like that, from food to my music, you know my music the way I. You know, I'll lay down, like, a certain, fun, like, a foundation. Maybe it's, like, a bass line. Maybe just a cello. Maybe it's even something just staccato and just repetitive. And from there, I start adding little things in between. And I'll see how that comes together. Then i take certain things out of it. So this is, like, that's the only one thing you can't do with cooking. You can't add things and take them back out. You know, once you add them, it's done. Yeah. You like, know. one of
1: the things you always hear is don't, like... You can you can always add too much salt. No, no, no. Wait, uh, what's the word? Uh, don't you can don't
2: under season, just don't over season. Yeah, you can always overseason. it. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But depending yeah. on certain things, you can go heavy on. Yeah. And if you knew the like the tricks of the trade of it, you know, like if you're working with a dish, you know, like a big piece of meat that's gonna put out a lot of juice and you over-salted it. You can always add potatoes to, like, soak up It'll some of that, it. soak up some of that salt. This is
1: crazy. So what you're, Depending you're finding out what are like the, the things roast. that can kind of soak up, right. if there's too much of the sweet, add this thing that kind of, kind of goes, okay, go in this right.
2: direction, so kind right. of. A pot roast that you're making like a crock pot, you know, and you over seasoning the shit out of the meat, you know, and you knew that before it started <laughs> cooking. Okay, and you're like, oh, fuck, what the hell did I just do here? Yeah, yeah. Throw those potatoes in there, some carrots, some onions, cover it, let it be. You know, it's going to come out perfect. Cut some nice, big, chunky potatoes. (laughs) Or, you know, put a lot of, you know, enough potatoes in there. So potatoes soak it up like a sponge, huh? Yeah, yeah, It'll soak it up, you know. Whoa! A lot of times, even when you're just making potatoes, you know using a a regular amount of what you think will be a regular amount, usually you'll have to put more because it's just going to soak it up almost to the point to where you can hardly taste it. So then you have to put a little bit more, a little bit more. You know, that's why fries usually are so heavily salted. You know, we don't mind that. That's what we're looking for when Mm -hmm, we're mm eating the fry, Right. Right. Nice, salty, crunchy fry. You bite into it, hmm, perfect. Yeah. Put that, with a heavily seasoned burger? Oh, uh, you're gonna, you're gonna oh, hate it. Oh, yeah, the two of them together yeah, would
1: be yeah, really. Yeah. So it's like kind of one or the other has to be sort of the featured, like the rock star, like the headliner
2: of the. Right, right. <laughs> Depending yeah. on the yeah. dish. Now, if it was a pot roast that was cooking in a crock pot and you realize you over season your meat, you always add potatoes to it, some carrots, and it'll kind of balance everything out as it's still cooking, you know? So little things like that, uh, like even with the music, you know, that's one thing that I have an option of. You know, I start with a building lot. I work around it. See how it all presents itself. Lately, it's became more of a ritual or a habit to where I start off with something because I use this technique so much. You know, I will start off with something that leads me into another, another piece, right? Now, they're working together perfectly. But for some reason, this next piece that I make, like uh, this next track, next <laughs> section that I make to accompany it, for some reason, it's totally changed everything. So now I A and B different chunks together, right? And I listen it, see what what's different about it, which one impacts me the most, which one is more like authentic and original. And then from there, I just discard of whatever is not going to be used. Now most people won't. Sometimes I keep it and use it later. But if it's too uh, like relatable to each other, then I just discard it in general. You know, I won't even come back to it. Or if I do come back to it, even after I discard it, I'll think to myself, okay, how can I recreate that? It's not going to be exactly the same, which is perfectly fine with me. Okay, plus
1: any one of those other little riffs or little giblets that you created can always be utilized for something else in the future,
2: right? And those usually go into like the next segment within that same piece because one, I don't want to forget it, two, I have to use it now, you know, I can't come back to it later. And that's one thing that I had a problem with almost at first, you know, starting with certain things and then how to finish it, trying to
1: keep it fresh, trying to keep that. that The train is going. Yeah.
2: And, you know, if I take myself off of it too early, a lot of times I'm not coming back to it. Or if I do come back to it, nothing's really there. And then other times I can piece together certain sections or certain pieces that I have that has nothing to do with each other initially. But then for some reason when I'm going back through and I get into, you know, one of those kind of riding blocks that I get into I start listening to other things start putting things together and you're like, let me just see if this will work out you know, they kind of have a similar kind of feel to it in a way it could be the pitch it could be the keys, it could be the chord progression it could be the tempo whatever it is, you know either I blend them or I put them side by side or I take a piece of this and I take a piece of that and I just like kind of Frankenstein it together you know and it all just comes together, and it's like, uh, I don't know. It becomes something totally different than what it was intended.
1: Now, you know? do, do you have, uh, do you have? Uh, I mean, you've got a lot of songs. Do you have albums out there in the world that people can listen to or EPs or anything? Nah, not at all, nothing yet. I've just been too busy working, and, and um, like, now I'm going to Because a lot of music has concepts to it, you know, and especially if you have that idea of, like, a concept story where you got three or four songs that fit within this theme
2: you know it wouldn't, it wouldn't hurt to get them out there no not at all and um, that's the thing that I still had uh, that's one of my challenges is finding time to go back organize everything and have it in a presentable manner that I feel comfortable with
1: you know? can, we, can we play one of your songs on this, on this particular podcast that we were recording
2: Heck yeah, heck yeah, I would love nothing more but to to have that happen,
1: hell yeah. Well listen, folks, we're going to be right back, Uh, I have to go to the bathroom and we're also going to play uh, one of Naaman's uh, songs, so be prepared.